This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. You are listening to the Bite Size Business Breakfast podcast. Best bits from Thursday, February the 1st, where it was an honour to be joined a little bit earlier on by His Excellency Abdullah Mohammed Al Ashram, the group CEO of Emirates Post Group. The reason being that the company has unveiled its brand new identity, or rather, I should say, its new brand identity. Uh, 7K uh, is the new identity, an exclusive event taking place at the Madinat Jumeirah yesterday. Um, We got the latest from His Excellency on the reason behind the new brand identity and the future of the Emirates Post Group. Helen Chen joined us live in studio. Helen's the co-founder and the COO of Nomad Homes, came in nice and early. Uh, and despite the fact that she'd been up late uh, keeping tabs on the latest moves over in the United States, Fed Reserve policymakers uh, may finally be right on the verge of cutting interest rates. What impact does that have on uh, homes, uh, home buying, home renting, uh, home loans here in the UAE? We got the latest from Helen. Keith Fitzgerald, principal of Fitzgerald Group, also joining us live from the United States with his reaction to the Fed rate decision. Uh, and, of course, a look at some of the earnings coming out of the United States, what that says and tells us about the U.S. economy and other economies worldwide. Fed very much uh, to the fore when it came to the discussions in studio this morning. Uh, Fed holding, uh, but uh, petrol prices going up albeit by a very marginal amount, tiny amount uh, increase on petrol for the month of February. What impact was that going to have on the UAE economy? Again, one of the discussions had within this studio by the Business Breakfast team. That's it for the Bite Size Business Breakfast podcast. Yeah, I know that there is pain, but you hold on for one more day and you break free, break from the chain. Holding on, not so much for one more day, but for one more month, but probably more than one month reading between the lines. Yeah, one if not two more seasons, because Jay Powell said we're probably not going to have the confidence in March to start cutting interest rates. He acknowledged that inflation has come down significantly, but he says we are not quite there yet. Let's get some reaction from Ed Bell of Emirates MBD. Of course, if the Fed keeps rates on hold, we keep rates on hold. Central Bank of the UAE on X last night, just a couple of minutes after that Fed decision saying, yep, we are sticking with our base rate of 5.4% here in the UAE. What impact does it have? What were the key takeaways from Jay Powell's commentary last night? Here is Ed Bell of Emirates MBD. The Federal Reserve in the US kept rates unchanged at their first meeting for the year, which really was widely expected by ourselves as well as pretty much everybody else in the market. They were fairly optimistic and positive, though, in the language that they were using about the economy, saying that economic activity had been expanding at a solid pace and that the risks around its employment and inflation goal were moving into what they called better balance. When we had the press conference from Fed Chair Jerome Powell, he was quite explicit, really pushing back against 
expectations of a cut in March, saying that the Fed didn't think they would have the level of confidence to support cutting rates as early as then. So I think the messaging we got was that the Fed is not moving lower very quickly or really anytime soon, and so that rates will stay relatively high for probably at least the next couple of months, and that'll pass through across the economy here in the UAE as well. Right, so let's look at one of the major areas that it will affect, and that is, of course, our mortgages. Helen Chen is co-founder and COO of Nomad Homes. Looking at what it all means from the property market, we're going to hear from her in a bit more detail later in the show. Uh, But she told us how she felt uh, that rate hold would filter through for people looking to buy now. Rates have actually come down significantly for mortgage borrowers in the UAE already. So rates peaked at about 5% last year, and now we're actually under 4% already. And the reason for that, even though the Fed has not actually made any interest rate moves, is because the, the banks are expecting rates to come down. And so what that means is because there's a fixed term of three to five years in UAE mortgages, the mortgages have actually already come down. And they're only about 1% above lows that were set in 2021. Uh, More from Helen, though, on whether she thinks that a promise of a cut to come will keep people maybe sitting on the sidelines for a couple of months later in the show. That is one decision that we are looking at this morning, but it's not the only one. Fuel prices up a little bit for February, uh, only a little bit though. It is not a big rise. Uh, UA announcing revised fuel prices for the new month. Uh, February 2024 fuel price uh, follow-up committee have increased the rates uh, by up to 0.05 fills per litre. That equates to what, about 2% or something like that. Uh, Super 98 is now going to cost you about two dirhams 88 fills per litre starting today, increasing from 282 a litre in January. It's nominal, it's marginal. You won't really notice a huge amount of a difference. We're not seeing the great fluctuations that we did uh, last year where we saw double digit or double percentage, double digit percentage growth uh, in the uh, fuel price, but it has gone up a little. Now let's get Ed Bell's take about how that is likely to filter through to inflation. We're not expecting to see a particular pass-through from energy costs into inflation in the UAE this year. As we're expecting headline oil prices to be basically flat where they were in 2023 for the rest of this year. Looking at it for the month of February, actually the retail prices that we were that were announced overnight, they're actually lower than what they were for February last year. So on a headline basis, on that year-on-year comparison, there could be actually a drop in the cost of transport or the element of transport in the CPI basket. There you go. Petrol prices, Fed decision, Bank of England uh, today, and of course that Indian budget. Quite a lot to keep us busy this morning. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. Big focus on economics today on the show. Last night, we had the decision by the Federal Reserve to keep interest rates on hold, the UAE Central Bank, immediately following suit. However, One of the questions that was being asked was, why is the Fed waiting so long? Our next guest is Keith Fitzgerald, principal of the Fitzgerald Group. He joins us now live from Seattle. And Keith, I'm going to put my first question to you through the medium of song. 
Why are we waiting for the Fed to cut rates, Keith? <laughs> That's a very innovative way to pose the question. Uh, you know, I don't think we should be waiting. The Fed was burned badly in 2021 and 22 for waiting so long and incorrectly identifying the initial inflationary thrust as transitory. I think they're waiting and they're making the same mistake now, only in the reverse direction. The Fed doesn't think forward. They think rearward. And that means that they haven't got a strategic bone in their body. Okay. Jay Powell had a slightly different take on it than that. Let's hear from him briefly. This was him speaking yesterday, saying why he thinks not only is he keeping rates on hold last night, but they're probably going to keep them on hold when they meet next in March. Based on the meeting today, I would tell you that I don't think it's likely that the committee will reach a level of confidence by the time of the March meeting to identify March as the time to do that. But that's that's to be seen. So they have their reasons. He says they just want to see more data to be convinced, or to use his phrase, have confidence that they can start cutting rates. Is there some validity to that argument? Well, of course there is. I mean, you know, he is a very intelligent guy. I mean, I don't mean to belittle him in any way, shape or form. He clearly knows what he's doing based on the models he uses. But the markets, this is my point, the markets disagree with that assessment. The markets disagreed with it when it was transitory. The markets disagreed with it all the way along. So I think as a trader and investor, you know, it is absolutely ridiculous to rely on the guy who missed the problem in the first place to fix it this time around. So the fear of a misstep is very significant, Richard. That's the point. There's an old cliche in investing, don't fight the Fed if the the Fed is raising or cutting interest rates, just go along with it. But a lot of investors are fighting the Fed. The Fed talking about three rate cuts this year. Many investors think there will be as many as six rate cuts this year. What's your view? Well, again, you know, I came into this year expecting that the Fed would hold steady or possibly even raise rates in Q1. So this is par for my course. I think the notion of five, six, seven cuts is really ridiculous. I think that's being voiced by a lot of people who don't necessarily understand the market mechanics or perhaps have an entirely different view that I simply don't understand. But to me, I'm going to stick with the program. It's, you know, I think we got to get the Fed off the field. That's going to occur mid-year. And that's when we're really going to get on the gas in terms of the markets. Okay, from macro to micro, let's look at companies. It's earnings season at the moment. We got yesterday numbers from Boeing, which, of course, has big manufacturing facilities in your backyard in Seattle in the United States. Shares rising 6% on the back of those earnings. The loss was smaller than expected. How did you read Boeing? Well, Boeing is a tremendously problematic company at the moment. I think we may be looking at the decline of Boeing, much the way we looked at Kodak or DAC or Wang back in the day. The company's got a tremendous number of quality control problems. Management doesn't seem to be taking it very seriously. There's a lot of talk, but a lot little action. So to me, I'm glad to see them narrow it up. But I think the fact that they didn't give guidance in 2024 is very, very telling and a sign that investors should be extremely cautious about the next sort of four to six months. We've got big earnings tonight. We're going to hear from, again, another company based in your hometown, Seattle. We've also got Apple reporting after the bell this evening. What do you expect from big tech? Well, I think Apple is going to be very interesting. That's one I'm watching very, very closely because the services business is on fire. You've got two billion devices around the world. Many customers can't wait to have the new watch, the new iPad, the new iPhone. doesn't matter what Apple produces. They're in the middle of our lives worldwide. So I think the margins are going to be good. The sales may be a touch soft, 
but that's not going to interfere with the longer term path to success. I still think we're looking at 275 or so a share by the end of this year, notwithstanding the Fed. Amazon? Amazon's challenged. You know, that's an interesting one. I think that they've got tremendous regulatory ire building. I think that the margins are going to be key. I'm looking for notes on restructuring. I don't own it at present, but with for the several Several times in the past couple of weeks, I've thought about reacquiring shares because this restructuring business looks to be serious. The iRobot deal was a good indicator of that. And finally, a quick word on what we know is one of your top picks at the moment, and that is Pfizer, the pharmaceutical company. You've been picking them for a while. Share price is down 40% over the past year. That at a time when the S&P 500 has gained by 20%. <laughs> Have you anything happened with Pfizer to make you change your tune? Well, I tell you what, you know, Pfizer is a company that's making me completely nuts at the moment. But if you look at the longer term cycles, you look at the oncology portfolio they're building, you look at the introduction of medical AI, you look at many of the number of great developments, I'm content to wait this one out. So again, it's making me nuts. I'm not happy that I'm upside down in my position, but I've been here before with regard to Microsoft, Apple, and many of the big tech names that are on fire today. Don't forget, a year ago, they were exactly where Pfizer is today, even worse. Keith, great talking to you. Really appreciate you joining us today. It's 7.59 in Dubai AM. It's 7.59 PM in Seattle. So I appreciate you staying up late to speak with us. That's the thoughts of Keith Fitzgerald, the principal of the Fitzgerald Group. Investments go up and investments go down. Before putting your hard-earned money into any investment, Dubai Eye 103.8 advises you to always do your own background research. Ensure you're informed to navigate the market and any potential pitfalls. Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite Size Business Breakfast. All right, well, let's have a look at one of the big stories of the last 24 hours and what it means for us. The US Fed surprising absolutely no one by keeping interest rates on hold. Uh, But we obviously are affected in a number of ways, and one of those is the housing market and our mortgages. Very pleased to be joined by Helen Chen, who's co-founder and COO of Nomad Homes. Helen, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Right, so we have rates on hold, and obviously we are Durham-pegged to the dollar. We move in lockstep with the Fed, and the UAE Central Bank, as it always does, came out um, and uh, implemented, uh, well, didn't implement in this case its own change, but basically followed suit. So... Let's start by talking about what a hold means for mortgages. Yeah. So mortgages are based on the overnight borrowing rate that the central bank sets. And as you mentioned, the UAE central bank closely, closely follows the U.S. Fed because the currency is pegged. So last night we were watching Chairman Jerome Powell deliver the address. I liken it to something like reading the tea leaves and Chairman Powell playing jujitsu, not answering any questions and leaving all flexibility for what the Fed wants to do in the future. Okay, so what does it mean for our mortgages? I understand um, that that's how the rate is set, but the the bigger picture, given that we're dealing with with fixed rate mortgages, um, how is this going to filter through over the next couple of years for people who are buying now? Yeah. So rates have actually come down significantly for mortgage borrowers in the UAE already. So rates peaked at about 5% last year, and now we're actually under 4% already. And the reason for that, even though the Fed has not actually made any interest rate moves, is because the 
the banks are expecting rates to come down. And so what that means is because there's a fixed term of three to five years in UAE mortgages, the mortgages have actually already come down. And they're only about 1% above lows that were set in 2021. Okay, so let's look at why we are where we are. The Dubai property market's been largely resilient to interest rate hikes so far. Why do you reckon that is? Uh, In the Dubai real estate market, there are a significant number of cash buyers in the market. And so with the cash buyers in the market, it's really holding up the prices. In addition, there's just a large influx of people coming into Dubai. So we're seeing supply and demand, and we're seeing demand come up because of just the number of people who are looking to buy. Has it kept a proportion of the would-be buyers out of the market, though, do you think? I think some people are looking at rates and thinking, oh, you know, my affordability has gone down. Um, and, And that's certainly true. But I don't think it's kept people out. I think it's just subdued what people are willing to pay. And they're actually lowering their budget so that they can actually enter the property market. So they buy different property than they would do otherwise? They're buying different property than they would do otherwise, because for every 1% decrease in rates, a person's budget actually increases by 10%. And what that means is for the same monthly payment, you can buy 10% more worth of property. Okay, so what are you, as someone who sells property, seeing in the decision-making process? What are people moving from and to as a result of the the higher rates that we've had for the last 22-odd months? Yeah, so we have a unique eye on this because Nomad Homes is dedicated to serving buyers and actually not sellers. So we're actually helping the people who are looking to get these mortgages out there. Uh, And what we're seeing is that people don't want to compromise. So they're seeing if they can put together more down payment to offset the higher interest rates in the market right now so that they can afford the property that they want. So what that means is saving more, maybe talking to their family, and stretching um, a little bit more just to get the property that they're looking for. With rates on hold and... Jay Powell's commentary, and, you know, we, we know that rate cuts will come. Um, it's just a matter of when. Are buyers at the moment with this decision to, to keep rates where they are likely to stay on hold as well, to wait those extra couple of months? I think the piece that we're seeing now is because rates have actually come down below 4% just at the beginning of this year, those rates are becoming more palatable to individuals. And they're saying, oh, you know, versus what I saw last year and versus now, like, This seems reasonable to me. And people also understand that the property market in Dubai is forecasted to increase by 8 to 12 percent this year. So maybe it's not the best decision to to wait and wait for the rates to come down because the prices are actually expected to go up as well. Yeah, but you're speaking as though someone would know exactly what mortgages we're doing. And for a lot of people, uh, myself included, by the way, you have to get to the stage that you're talking to a mortgage broker before you actually start looking at what banks are offering. Absolutely. And that's why we recommend anyone who's serious about purchasing home to speak to their bank, speak to a mortgage broker so that you are well informed and well educated about, you know, what is happening with the mortgage rates, what you can expect and what's the right strategy. And that's something that we do at, at Nomad Homes as well. Okay, so what are you forecasting for property for for this year? Yes, so uh, Cushman and Wakefield actually just uh, put out their projected forecast for the year. Uh, Prices are expected to increase 8 to 12% in Dubai. What I would say is that what we are seeing 
because the forecasted rates are set to come down uh, by maybe another 1% through the end of the year, you know, that affordability increases for everybody in the market, not just you as an individual. So what that means is it can potentially drive up demand in the market, and you'll see that price increase pressure come as well. Uh, rates affect not just you as an individual, they affect everybody in the market. Okay. So where are you expecting to see the most activity this year? I get that they affect everybody, but could it bring uh, people in the more affordable sectors uh, back in or in in higher numbers? Absolutely. So where this actually helps people the most is first-time home buyers. The person who is just coming into the market and needs that mortgage, guess what? Your affordability has already increased by 10%. That's where we, see, that's where we expect to see more activity is on that first-time home buying. Helen Chen, co-founder and CEO of Nomad Homes, uh, talking to us about the knock-on effects for the property market of the decision from the Fed. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Thank you. Just the highlights. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast. Where we're talking about the business of delivering the post. I have a man in front of me whose job changed overnight, or at least the company that he works for. Uh, We're speaking this morning to His Excellency Abdullah Mohammed Al-Ashram, who yesterday was the group CEO of Emirates Post Group, but today is the group CEO of 7X because they have a new name and a new brand and quite a mission. Good morning. It's lovely to speak to you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good morning. So why did the Emirates Post Group need a new brand? Today we need a brand more than uh, ever. Uh, As we live in this fast-changing paced uh, world, uh, you know, a lot of uh, changes that happens overnight, a lot of new trends uh, we've seen the last couple of years, uh, you know, we need a fluid, a dynamic uh, strategy that makes us uh, decide on the spot. We need to be very flexible in terms of our operation. The logistic and the postal world have uh, a lot to offer, and we definitely have to go with the pace of the trends and the customer requirements. Uh, And that's exactly why we needed a new brand and uh, a new strategy. Okay, so why 7X? What does that represent? 7X is we are from the seven Emirates to the seven continents through the seven seas. Okay, speaks for itself then. And you've got a five-year strategy here as well. Let's break down a little bit what you mean um, when you're talking about the changes in your sector. Um, Post, obviously, globally is is in decline, putting things in the actual letterbox. What have you seen here in terms of us sending less stuff in the post? I mean, the 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 challenges for the post is are global. Uh, we almost see the same trends globally. Uh, we see decline in the letter mails. Uh, for example, in the United Arab Emirates in the last 15 years, we have more than 90% of that mail have evaporated. It's gone. Uh, I mean, with the great growth of e-commerce, that's where we substituted for instead of delivering letters, we're delivering packets right now. Uh, and we're coming up with some uh, digital products. Uh, we're adding some financial services within our portfolio. And that's how we were uh, being able to really bounce back and, and find new uh, uh, markets for us to serve. And how has the package business performed for you? It's booming. Uh, and I think uh, what have expanded the digital offerings and e-commerce trend, uh, COVID was uh, the only positive thing that COVID had was more people delivering uh, mail. 
and, and shipments. You've got a lot of competition in that sector, though. You've got the Aramexes and the like who, who just do that kind of parcel delivery. How do you compete against them? I mean, it's a fair competition. So we, we all try to provide, uh, you know, more services, uh, m- making sure that we uh, attend to our consumers' requirements. We try to differentiate ourselves being uh, the national champion. Uh, we are having our branches all over the UAE. Uh, we have the reach. We have the uh, UPU network that we have control around the world. Uh, so we all are, are having our own uh, ways uh, of serving our consumers. What do you take from the level of, of parcels that you're delivering? I'm just thinking of the fact that UPS has just reported in the US that it's shedding a load of jobs um, because it had a disappointing last quarter of last year. People bought less things, people nervous about what's happening in the the global economy. Can you chart the fortunes and the population of Dubai by the parcels that you're delivering? I mean, not exactly the population, but we definitely can see the trends. Uh, I mean, we can see uh, how would the peak season uh, performed, you know, year on year. So, uh, I think the expectation uh, after COVID was that this is just going to keep growing. And, and what we've seen, it plateaued a bit and, and start, uh, you know, coming back to reality. Uh, uh, and the volumes have dropped maybe in, in certain sectors, but definitely e-commerce at the urge of growth. So there's no doubt that in the near future, e-commerce will just be growing as what we've seen prior to COVID. Okay. Well, let's look at where you are looking to expand. You mentioned financial services there and some other arrows to your bow. Where are the priorities in this strategy? We have our uh, financial services arm of the group is fintechs. Uh, We have two companies under fintechs, Wall Street Exchange, that does uh, exchange and money remittances. And we have Instant Cash, that's... uh, provide, uh, you know, fast remittances uh, uh, on the spot. So both of these companies are going to grow in their offerings. They're going to provide uh, more digital services. They're going to provide, uh, you know, uh, relevant services for the market. At the same time, we're developing our fintech strategy that to serve, as we have seen globally, uh, fintech has been picking up very quickly. There is a huge market for it, and we believe there's an opportunity for us to expand in that uh, market. Will, will we see more branches for the Wall Street Exchange, or is it more about digital wallets and, and it's online gonna be, apps? It's going to be a mix between expanding some branches at uh, you know busy areas that people need to have a, a branch, but definitely there will be a lot of offerings on our digital services. What about post offices themselves? Do we need more physical post offices? So it's a great question. Uh, that's a debate that we have every day. Today we have 90 branches across the country and, and they serve uh, you know, uh, individuals, uh, SMEs and large uh, corporations. Uh, our footprint uh, would probably be the same size in terms of branches, but we're coming up with a new service, which is a pickup and a delivery service. So it's a touch point. So you can go to a shopping mall, you can go to a a petrol station, and you can pick up a parcel from there or send a parcel. So within 2024, we're going to have more than 1,000 touch points across the country. So we're moving from 90 branches to 90 plus 1,000 touch points. Wow. So within 2024, uh, can you break down a little bit for me when in the year we could see that coming? We already have more than 700 locations activated now, today, as of today. And before the end of the year, we're going to add another 300 locations. So by the end of 2024, we're going to have more than 1,000 locations in the country. 
Okay. Well, one of the other big things with with parcels, of course, is that we all get a load of text messages purporting to be from Emirates Post uh, telling us that if we just get in touch, there's a parcel, but we just need to pay a little bit of money on it. They are scams. How do you battle that in terms of making sure that customers know that the communications they get from you are actually from from you and, and not from a scamster? It is a frustrating point to all of us, honestly. Us, as in companies, it's not only Emirates Post. There's a lot of other companies in the country that, uh, unfortunately, the the scam and the fraud is going uh, with their uh, fake identity to, to consumers. We feel very bad for our consumers who are getting, uh, you know, scammed and and they fall in the in the trap. So we we're trying to educate a lot. We're trying to tell people that you know you double check and triple check before you click any link. Make sure who's the sender. Us as an Emirates Post Group and Seven X, we don't send any uh, links. We don't send uh, you know text messages or email or WhatsApp for payments. Uh, anything need to be done need to be done through the app. And, and that's the only way you could secure it because it's a, a, in a closed uh, and controlled environment. Anyone can assume and, and send any link or any messages. And we tell consumers, you got to be careful. You got to check twice or three times. You might be uh, expecting a package, but that doesn't mean that email is coming from the right source. Uh, my recommendation always to people, double check it. Don't just put any card there. And if you're going to end up putting a card, you need to make sure that you put a prepaid card that had maximum 50 dirhams in it. So God forbid anything goes wrong, then you have it under control. Unfortunately, we've seen a lot of victims that they put their main credit cards, main bank account, and, and they get in trouble. But uh, awareness is key. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. We appreciate your time. His Excellency Abdullah Mohammed Al-Ashran, the group CEO now of 7X. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.